on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgianos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgianos. Today in our show, I want to talk about the FBI protects Biden but endangers America, impeachment versus treason, a little lesson from a lawyer here, uh, July 4th and you, Loneliness Police and the Senator BS's newest free lunch scheme. I can't wait to say about that. And the best home run ever, a girls softball team. And of course, I'll try to tell you why these stories matter to you. And I do have more topics uh, today than usual. And so I, you know, I always struggle uh, getting ready for this show because so many important things are happening in America. I dedicate this show to the preservation of America's unique and extraordinary greatness. And I try to talk about a whole range of issues and topics, but always comes back to the impact of those issues on saving and preserving America's greatness and uniqueness and helping to connect the dots between events that are happening and you know moving forward trying to preserve America, which is at this very time in American history here in 2023, America itself, the idea of America, the founding promises of America are truly in peril because of the many factors, but really the uh, a core one within internally in America. Uh, it is the radical left turn uh, that today's anti-American left has taken. The, the way they, what they think their power is, what their mission is, and how they try to control and take away your freedom. So um, I want to start with a quick story that probably all of you have been following to some degree, FBI protects Biden and dangers America. So everyone's been talking about, we talked, I think just yesterday actually on the show, talked a little bit about uh, what was going on with um, President Biden as it has become, there, it come to the surface, there's evidence that he actually received a bribe, an actual bribe uh, from involving his, uh, his relation with the Ukraine. And in that um, bribery discussion, uh, there was an effort to push at the, um, uh, the, so the House is looking into this, and uh, only because the House threatened uh, the FBI Director Ray uh, with being held in contempt, did he agree to provide to Congress to be, and, and let me make something clear, he, provi- he agreed to provide to Congress the information the FBI has uh, that came from this very qualified informant that seems to indicate that President Biden, along with Hunter, accepted a bribe accepted a bribe in relation to Biden's performance as he, when he was vice president. This is prior to his current presidency, during when he was a vice president. And so the FBI agreed to make that document available to the House uh, to let them view it. And the document, to be really clear, is not classified. It's not a classified document. And yet, the, um, the so the FBI agreed only because they were threatened with being held in contempt 
to provide that document to members of the House to review. So what does the FBI know? The question was, what does the FBI know about Biden, our current he who occupies the White House, Biden, accepting a bribe? Well, there was so much redacted, as in crossed out, unable to be read uh, within what the FBI allowed the House to look at, which caused the senator, Senator Grassley, to take to the floor of the Senate yesterday to explain what he knows about what this informant has provided um, and contrasting that with what the FBI let the House see. So let's go first, uh, Mr. Emilio. Uh, yes, let's go to our happy clip uh, with Senator Grassley's speech on the floor. A little, uh, I redacted the entirety of his speech down to a shorter portion so we can hear what he had to say on the Senate floor yesterday. Last week, uh, I came here to speak to my colleagues about the Biden administration and the FBI playing games with the American people by hiding the FBI-generated 1023 document from Congress and the American people. Director Ray was uh, going to be held in contempt for refusing to produce the 1023 that I told Chairman Comer about, and I think I had that conver first conversation with Chairman Comer about three weeks ago. Then instead of contempt, the, M the FBI committed to showing the 1023 and related documents to the whole Congress. By the way, I thank uh, Chairman Comer for his cooperation with me and how he's pursued this issue because we know a heck of a lot more now than if he hadn't been involved in this whole effort. So the FBI showed, after the FBI committed to showing this document, they showed, but it didn't provide possession of the 1023 to the House Oversight Committee last week. And by the way, 1023, is unclassified. So why shouldn't the entire country know about what's in this 1023? As the public knows, that 23, 1023 involves an alleged bribery scheme between then Vice President Biden, Hunter Biden, and a foreign national. The same allegations that Chairman Comer and I made public on May the 3rd of this year. And on the very same day that the FBI provided a redacted version of the 1023 to the House Oversight Committee, the Justice Department then announced that former President Trump had been indicted and charged with 37 crimes related to his alleged mishandling of classified records. Attorney General Garland signed off on prosecuting Trump for conduct similar to what Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton engaged in. Two standards of justice in this country will turn our constitutional republic upside down. Thanks to the political infections within the Biden Justice Department and the FBI, we were well along the road for that to happen. This senator will do all that he can to fight political infection in the Department of Justice and the FBI. 
The 1023 produced to the House Committee's redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings okay, of phone can calls. Okay, we him off there, I think. Okay, no, he's, you know, I, uh, Senator Grassley is a very honorable man. Um, he's, uh, and he has a very slow delivery. And I don't want to have people thinking, come on, get to the point. Let me, let me just tell you his point. He's saying when the FBI, under threat of being held in contempt, said, okay, okay, to Congress, we'll let you look at what we have related to this allegation of he who occupies the White House, Joe Biden, having received a bribe back when he was vice president, uh, along with his son, Hunter. Uh, this is, involves Burisma and the Ukraine. And the FBI finally, because they were being threatened, allowed the House to see the document. The FBI redacted. They crossed out this little tiny bit of fact. Well, I mean, they crossed out a lot. But they crossed out the fact that, as Senator Grassley was saying there, just a little bit too slowly, but Senator Grassley's saying this informant has actual copies, actual recordings of conversations he recorded between the Ukraine officials who are bribing Hunter Biden and the Ukraine officials who are allegedly bribing present, now President Biden, it was literally 17 recordings. This guy has the recordings. This guy who's coming forward and saying, I'm a very credible informant. I have these recordings. And so it's not just him, you know, trying to claim, I heard something, I think I know what happened, I think I've seen some documents. This is, I have recordings. That's what this guy is saying. I have the recordings, and I can tell you that Hunter Biden's on 15 of them, Joe Biden's on the other two, and they are recordings cementing, allegedly, cementing this bribery of Joe Biden while he was vice president. And the FBI, in presenting that to the Congress, presenting the information they had that relate to this bribery allegation, redacted reference to those recordings. I mean, it's like, it's like the, you know, the smoking gun, yeah, we took that out so you wouldn't really see the smoking gun part. It is, you know, it is not just, it is outrageous, obviously, but it's a very much, if you had any doubt remaining in your mind about how the FBI operates, to whom they are loyal, to what they are loyal. It is not to the rule of law. It is not to the American public. It is not to the Constitution. It is to the protection of this administration and more broadly speaking, the anti-American left. They had, and by the way, as this evidence was coming forward, is when the FBI and the DOJ finally got to go and say, hey, you know, we believe better invite and indict Donald Trump, because after all, He's had documents down there at Mar-a-Lago that were no problem at all, that he, he was allowed to have, but maybe we can make some hay um, in the headlines in this country trying to indict a former president. This is an FBI. You can't even accurately characterize it as having gone rogue. This is an FBI telling America to your face, to your face, we will not, we will not expose the truth about anyone on the anti-American left. That's why we let Hillary Clinton go entirely with her destruction of emails, destruction of documents, her preservation 
uh, in a server in her home while Secretary of State with all sorts of classified documents on it. We let everything go as long as you're on the anti-American left team. On that team, we don't care what you do. You're on the conservative side, you're on the pro-America side, you're on the preserve America's founded side. We're gonna indict you when nothing bad happened. I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry that I interrupted Senator Grassley because I do appreciate him. That was, you know, he has a slow delivery. I think he probably always has a, a slower demeanor and delivery. But he is trying to not, you know, he's trying to lay out for the American people. Do you understand the consequence of what I am saying to you, America? I'm saying it's bad enough that Biden allegedly took a massive bribe as vice president uh, from the Ukraine. Bad enough. But the FBI, whose job it is to protect America and the rule of law, the top national the law enforcement agency in the country is, you know, running a protection racket for the White House. That's, in summary, what Senator Grassley was saying. And, and I called, the, I gave a caption to this segment, FBI protects Biden and endangers America. If you don't understand the consequence of this, I want to urge you to try to think about it. The FBI saying, we just really don't care that much what you know the bad guys did. I, I mean, we don't care what they did, it was bad, if they're on the anti-American team. Trump, we can go after him over nothing, which is what the Mar-a-Lago document thing is. A big, fat, zip, zero, nada, nothing. And you know, I went through yesterday a, a variety of quotes from people uh, in authority talking about how you know, this FBI, this indictment uh, by the DOJ of Trump over the Mar-a-Lago documents just, you know, will, will fall apart. It doesn't have merit to it. And, you know, it is true, I think, as a legal matter that it does not have merit uh, because he was a president and he has, you know, he has the right to, to say these documents are not classified or that I'm going to uh, designate the following documents as not classified. Um, but so they went after the, him because they knew that the document possession was going to fall apart as soon as any honest judge looked at it, and then they went with the Espionage Act, even more absurd, even more inapplicable. And so, you know, I, I think that you're seeing the anti-American left getting to desperation. They're getting to desperation to disqualify Donald Trump from running, and they're getting to desperation because they really don't want him in the White House because what he now knows about how the FBI and DOJ functioned during the time he was president from 2016 to 2020, you know, they're vulnerable and they know it. They're vulnerable for a lot that they did. Um, also, by the way, um, there was a... Um, Several things to quickly share about you when I keep saying the Donald Trump indictment is, you know, is, is bogus. I mean, it's a, um, I, I understand that it's not helpful to make conclusory statements. Ah, that bit, you know, Donald Trump indictment is, is bogus. You have to understand this is the context when it's coming up. This indictment of Trump, they've known the documents, they knew what he had for months and months. They've all known this. They understand that Joe Biden had documents which he had exactly zero legal right to have because he was never president at the time he removed these documents. The documents are now looking at, the ones at the UPenn Center, uh, UPenn Biden Center, and the ones that are in his home. He, there, there's no argument he had any right to have them. And they understand the same thing is true of documents that were pilfered uh, you know, under the Clinton administration from the National Archive, documents that Obama has. They understand, that they understand there's nothing to the charges they've made. So now they're, they're getting hysterical. Um, 
but I will say uh, on the on the Trump scene, you know, there are there was a lengthy uh, piece, and I, I decided not to go through it all. But Cash Patel helped to break down the two uh, different legal theories under which they're trying to get Trump on these documents. And I urge you to read it. I linked the article. I pretty I linked the article on our website today. Um, this one there are many articles. Uh, this one came out of. Um, PJ Media. It's called "We'll Save You the Time." The Trump Records Indictment is a Banana Republic BS too. It really is Banana Republic. We're desperate to get him. I, I don't want to. I, I could dive into it more today, but I, I, I got to wanting to cover five topics today, which is more than I really have time to do. Um, but I, I really think it's important to understand. You are watching an FBI and, and really the anti-American left just just in hysteria at this point, realizing that Trump is, you know, steamrolling ahead, going to seek uh, the GOP nomination, uh, looks very likely to get the GOP nomination, and, and they can't figure out what to do about it. They, they can't figure out what to do. Um, and so they're, they're, you know, they're just scrambling, trying to find some reason to disqualify him, whether legally or, uh, you know, just to make him suspect in the minds of the American people. By the way, there were two great um, legal pieces that I um, could go into another day, but they're making the point, you know, Donald Trump, even if he is, so he's been indicted, he can still run, no legal prohibition. He could be convicted of this idiotic, you know, charge uh, related to the documents in Mar-a-Lago, and he could still run, and he could still serve. There have been uh, legal opinions being uh, put out by, you know, uh, prominent legal minds saying, you know, this effort to take him out by charging him with, with you know, phony crimes, uh, it's not going to prevent him from running, it's not going to prevent him from winning, it's not going to prevent him from serving. And so this is part of the left. I mean, it makes me actually a little bit worried for Donald Trump's safety, because I do think that the left is just hysterical at this point to take him out um, and, and to remove him from contention for the presidency. Anyway, okay. So Wanda, I mean, I, when the FBI is telling you pretty much point blank, if it's a Democrat who's in the White House, we don't really care what he did wrong. We're going to cover for him. You know, we're in trouble. We have lost the rule of law in America. Okay, I wanted to spend just a minute today on making the legal distinction between impeachment and treason. And I know I have a very smart audience. I get all sorts of really um, great emails from the audience. So you can email me at americacanwetalk@gmail.com. I, I do. I enjoy getting emails from listeners. I don't really have time to reply to most of them. But I enjoy them. I love the commentary, the insights. It's very fun. But I and so probably most people who listen to this show already understand this impeachment versus treason thing. And the reason I wanted to bring it up that is though you know the impeachment process it is contemplated by the Constitution. It's, it's in the Constitution and basically says you know you can impeach a president or other elected other prominent official. Uh, you know the House can vote to impeach. Then the Senate has to hold a trial and decide to remove. It's a two-step process. And so, uh, but I you hear people talking about impeachment so often and. And I want to stress that the founders did not contemplate that impeachment would be used by the Congress in any cavalier, frivolous way. It's supposed to be a serious, serious contemplation of something actually very, very wrong. It's not supposed to be used because the majority House and Senate happens to be one party and the president happens to be the other, and they're mad at the president, and they want to take him out, and they're going to complain about, you know, some policy that they don't agree with. It's not supposed to be like that. The impeachment process, um, I actually have... <clears throat> I have my happy pocket constitution with me. Um, I'm, I'm going to read a few things from it, but um, just to make clear about impeachment, 
impeachment and removal is in the Constitution. Uh, Article 2, Section 4 uh, basically says the, the president, the vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of, and then here's the basis, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. And this morning I was reading some of the legislative history, not really legislative, when the founders were coming up with the language, what they wanted to say about this. You know, there was a struggle between, you know, we don't want to make this that, you know, the the majority party can just get rid of the president cavalierly. There has to be something substantive, but they decided not to, um, they, they, they consider different language for, to what to put in the Constitution in order to describe on what grounds a president could be impeached, came up with this language. Obviously, tri treason and bribery are more well understood legal terms um, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, obviously, high crimes and misdemeanors leaves a lot of room a lot of room. And up until the uh, use of the impeachment power by the Democrats during Trump's administration, there were very, very few uses of it in all of American history. In all of American history, very few uses of it because, because many people recognized both that it was not to be taken lightly, first of all, and second of all, recognized if impeachment became a political volleyball where you're just going to, oh, you're going to impeach my guy? Well, then when our guy's in, you know, you're going to impeach my guy, we're going to impeach your guy. I mean, used as a, as a uh, tactic to simply oppose those who uh, won the election and you don't like their policy. So impeachment was supposed to be very serious. Both impeachment efforts of Donald Trump during his presidency were so patently frivolous absurd and i'm telling you at the time the people putting it together orchestrating it they knew that they also knew the democrat majority in the house knew putting together the impeachment both times they tried to impeach donald trump they knew that the their faithful lap dogs in the propaganda media in this country would stir up the american people into believing there was actually something to this something actually relevant to this that maybe you know he must have done something really wrong i mean impeachment is a really big deal and so you know they assumed that um, they the democrats pulling this together assumed um, that there would be a, the lapdog propaganda media would back them up and try to you know orchestrate the American public's uh, image, impression as though it was very, very serious. And, and they weren't. Both of them were just completely absurd, unjustified, egg on their face, embarrassment level uses of the impeachment power. And I say that because I truly do think the impeachment power should be used very, very, very sparingly. Because ultimately, when you impeach an honestly elected president, a president who actually won the election, you're really, you're really kind of giving the back of the hand to the American people who are actually the sovereign in this country. We, the people, are the sovereign. And so when you sit there, you know, 435 people in Washington, in the House, and 100 in the Senate, and you sit there and say, you know, we're going to take out the guy the American people just elected, you're really uh, usurping the power of the people for the, for the popular election of a president. You're taking their power away and saying, no, we decided, you know, we, we don't like your guy very much. We're down on him or her, you know, we, and, and, you're, and it's, a, it's, it's one of the reasons it's such a profoundly serious thing to do. So that's impeachment. All that is, you, you impeach in the House if you do that, you're removing the Senate, and, and then the person's out. 
And this can be used not just against a president or vice president, but also, you know, people talk and they should be talking about impeaching various other cabinet officials uh, in this country, Mayorkas being one of the most extreme examples, who is simply presiding over the intentional abandonment of the southern border. Yeah, he'd be a good choice to start with. But in any case, um, you know, the Republicans have not found the backbone to do this so far um, or to move forward with this so far in the House. So that's impeachment. So if you're impeached, you know, you're out. There's no criminal penalty. You don't go to jail. It's, it's not a crime. You're just removed from office. Treason is a crime. Treason is also defined in um, both in the Constitution uh, as well as in federal law. So treason is uh, defined in Article 3, Section 1, um, and it basically says uh, at Article 3, Section 1, I have it marked right here in my happy little uh, Constitution. Um, there's a, I'm sorry, I don't want to read the whole long thing, but the short, the gist of it is treason is defined in the Constitution, and treason is a very, very, very high standard uh, to meet, and treason um, is the Constitution recites it, and then federal law, federal statutory law, uses pretty much the same language in the Constitution, just says, you know, uh, th this constitutes treason. The short story in treason is, whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them. So you, lev you, you have a loyalty to the country, so you, you pledge allegiance to the country, and you levy war against them, meaning you, you engage in war against your own country, um, against them, or adheres to their enemies, so you're helping their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere is guilty of treason. So when you aid and comfort the enemies of America, um, then you can be considered guilty of treason. And treason obviously is a crime. It actually calls for the Constitution as well as federal statutory law uh, calls for it. it's even punishable by death um, or imprisonment for not less than five years and fined not less than ten thousand dollars. So and so you know impeachment is a crime. It's like being accused of any other crime. You know murder, embezzlement, whatever it is. You know it's a crime. You go to you court uh, in a federal court. Uh, with a jury or judge, and you move forward to try to prove treason beyond a reasonable doubt. And I raise those two things to say because people are so freely bantering about, you know, talking about, well, you know, Trump had documents at Mar-a-Lago. That's treason. Okay, there's nothing like what treason calls for, nothing that Donald Trump did while president or since he's been out of office, even gets close to the concept of, of actual treason. But I do want you to think about two things about Joe Biden. I mean, people keep talking about whether he should be impeached. And again, the impeachment standard is really up to Congress. It's the point of having the language be relatively vague in the Constitution. High crimes and misdemeanors, and that can be defined by Congress. That's who gets to define it, is Congress. And so you have a president who won't enforce the southern border whose affirmative policy is, we let the border go. We don't have a border anymore. That is, that is the Biden policy, even though he spews and sputters and mutters and rambles, says whatever he says, they're not enforcing the border. That is clearly, in my view, an impeachable offense. You actually are the commander in chief and you are, there's a, you know, it's a criminal attack on America if you will not enforce the southern border, period. And, and for impeachment, you don't have to prove treason or bribery. It is a high, the standard is, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Failure to enforce the border is one. And now we're looking at this apparent 
actual bribery. Actual bribery appears, we were talking about in the first segment of the show today, what uh, Senator Grassley is trying to say is this very credible whistleblower has actual recorded tapes with Biden, Joe Biden, at the time he was serving as vice president, taking a bribe related to the Ukraine and Hunter Biden also. And so you have actual bribery, which meets the impeachment standard and frankly, even the treason standard because you are selling out America. And I'll just tell you, you know, I don't know where this will all go, but I will say, I, I strongly disagree with the effort people make. I mean, I'll tell you, the moment Donald Trump was in office, back when he took office in 2017, you go back and look, even then, right away, all these left-wing loonies were out there with all sorts of arguments. Uh, well, you know, apparently, you know, he colluded with Russia to win the election. Uh, that's impeachable. That's treason. I mean, you know, they started talking about treason and impeachment from the moment uh, Donald Trump set foot in the White House. No basis for it. No, no legality. They just did it. They did it because they could do it. And, and so, and you don't want to be doing the tit for tat thing, but I'm, I'm, I, we're getting to the point, or we are at the point in my view, that what we have now uncovered about Joe Biden, about what he did as vice president, the money he's taken in, what the Hunter Biden laptop revealed about money flowing to the Biden family. We are watching, what we're really trying to figure out right now is do we have in the Republican majority in the House, do we have a majority of in elected officials, House and Senate, whichever party you are, who recognizes we have to have a commander-in-chief who's loyal to America. We have to have a commander-in-chief who enforces the border. We have to have a commander-in-chief who doesn't take money from our enemies. We have to have a commander-in-chief who is not taking money as a bribery scheme back, in, back when he was vice president. So I'm getting to the point, if you have any sense of ethics and law and commitment to what America is supposed to stand for, you need to be, whether you're Democrat or Republican, House or Senate, you need to be wide open to the idea that an investigation, a thorough investigation, undeterred by the conduct of the FBI must happen. And on top of that, the FBI must be held to account for why they thought it was okay to hide from Congress among the most clear pieces of evidence, recordings by this uh, allegedly very qualified, you know, well-placed whistleblower of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden agreeing to the bribery uh, scam, the bribery scandal. And the FBI thought Congress didn't need to know that. They're the next ones. But really, we're at the point, if we can't, as, as guardians of our republic and this generation, this era, if we can't stand up and say, we're going to stop this, you know, you really, you really just just give up America right now. So I, I am very much hoping that a few of the more with more backbone people in the House and Senate uh, will stand up and say that this cannot stand. We cannot allow this to continue. Okay, so I, I want to I do a little thing here called July 4th and you. So first of all, Flag Day is coming up tomorrow. I love, I love the American flag. I love Flag Day. I love July 4th. And you know, when we start to honor July 4th, we think about, you know, well, July 4th really, you know, was a sign of the Declaration of Independence and, you know, this whole idea that we're just going to, we're going to launch a new country. We're going to have a new country and it's going to be rooted in liberty and rooted in all the promises they recited in the Declaration of Independence, which include that we all are created equal by our creator, that we all have the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. They signed this 
recognizing they were moving to overthrow King George and overthrow England and become an independent country. And they had to sign, as you well know, the signers of the Declaration of Independence had to say, we're signing, we pledge our lives, fortune, and sacred honor. We'll be talking about this a lot over the next few weeks, but they, and virtually all the signers pretty much lost everything. We'll talk about that more. Every year I post something about what the, the, the signers really had to do. But I want to talk about us and you and me in here we are in 2023 in the very desperate situation America finds itself and how we can do something like the, the um, founders did, something like the Declaration of Independence where our lives, fortune, sacred honor. Nobody's asking us right now to go to war. Right now, no one's being asked. I mean, the military, God bless them, are defending America in all sorts of ways. But the average American citizen is not being asked to, you know, to pick up arms, to, you know, go across the ocean or go somewhere else and, and start shooting and being in a shooting war. We're not having to do that. But we do have a huge role to play in America in defending this country. And right now, one of those prominent enemies of America, in fact, the most prominent enemy determined to take down America is China. We talked about in the show many, many times, China has dedicated itself to becoming the world's single superpower. They intend to weaken America. They've said so. They've written it out in military documents. They've announced it at their Chinese Communist Party meetings. They intend to take America down. And they're not exaggerating. So they are the single most, the biggest mortal threat to America's existence. And so in America, as a citizen, you know, you don't have to get signed up to go shooting, but you can sign up to actually change the way you spend your money change the way you decide to participate in America's economy. This is your way of pledging lies, fortune, sacred honor without, while you can still stay perfectly safe at home. I'm getting at what you can do in terms of how you spend your dollars. How many of you go to the store and you see products of all kinds and you see this, the uh, little, this, uh, the label says, oh, made in China. And you go, oh, dang, made in China. And you know you shouldn't buy it, but the price is pretty good. And otherwise you have to look around. Well, I want to urge you to change the way you shop. It's kind of like signing your Declaration of Independence today in 2023, helping America become independent of China helping America bolster our economy. I'm talking about turning over to Patriot Switch. Patriot Switch is a great, great program. I have signed up for, my husband and I use, and what this involves is making purchases of household products you use all the time, and you can make these purchases online. You don't have to be out at a store someplace. You don't have to travel miles. You don't have to camp out in the rain. You just have to go to your computer at home and go to Patriot Switch. And Emilio, if you have that file, you do have it. Okay, let's put that up. So I'll quickly show you this, and then I'm going to show you a video too. But first, the, the, the uh, little file that has Patriot Switch with my account on that, he'll take a second to find that. I'll just tell you this. Patriot Switch, the way I learned about it, I was some really, really patriotic friends of mine who said, you know what? If you want to help America right now, stop funding the CCP. Stop funding the Chinese Communist Party. Because every time you buy something made in China, you are funding the Chinese Communist Party. Every corporation in China is absolutely required by Chinese law to share all their information with them. And you end up supporting the CCP and the brutal economy and the brutal life they have created for people in China. So we have that now? Okay, let's put this up. So here we go. This is called Patriot Switch. I'm going to tell you about this. If you just go to Patriot Switch, 
I'm saying patriotswitch.com slash Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. This is the first step to making your switch away from dollars spent supporting the Chinese Communist Party and instead support American workers, American jobs, American-made products. When you go to patriotswitch.com slash Debbie G, all you have to do, the first thing you do is the easiest thing. It costs nothing. It's just sign up to say, yeah, I want to learn more. So they, this, these are all Patriot-owned businesses and Patriot-owned products made in the USA, nearly 300 household products. My husband and I use them, a ton of them. We order every single month, and you get your better, safer, and cleaner products, fast shipping. It comes right to you in your home, and so you can get products that you would, and I will tell you the ones we get uh, from our home, we get all sorts of household cleaners, dishwashing soap, laundry soap, laundry softener, everything cleaning products, shampoo, shower products. I mean, it is all really, really high quality, very, very healthy stuff. And you can come back to me for a second. But I'm telling you a way that you can become, you can celebrate July 4th this year, celebrate your commitment to the independence of America, cutting away from supporting China and the CCP, is go to patriotswitch.com slash Debbie G, sign up. All that happens is you sign up and a nice, happy, friendly person who's a friend of mine, someone I have asked to help me, will call you and say, okay, what do you want to know? Let me tell you how it works. And then they can tell you. And you can say, never mind, I want to do it, which I hope you don't. Or you can say, sign me up. I love it. We signed up. We get products every month shipped to our home. I don't go to the big box stores anymore. All of the products I want in my home, they're high quality, very healthy products. They come right to you. But on top of that, Patriot Switch has also recently added in meat, meaning they have actually farms, land, pastures, cows, nothing, no, the, the products they have for you in terms of meat have no mRNA or any other creepy injections that the, uh, is happening all over America to products all over America. So I have a quick video to show you about the, the meat that you can now buy from Patriot Switch. Want to hit that video? All right, guys, what are we doing? What are we making here? We're making River Bend Ranch burgers. What are these? Woo! River Bend Ranch. Oh my gosh, no mRNA ever. Listen, if it gets a man in the kitchen, I'm all about it. Okay, so that is a little video they made. Again, go to patriotswitch.com slash Debbie G. They also have makeup. And I told you previously, I started ordering their shampoo. And to tell you that I'm picky about shampoo, uh, I am. But I love their shampoo. Well, I just started to get their makeup. And their makeup is also very high quality, very clean products. You'll love it. Check it out. And I will t and be completely forthcoming in telling you, one reason I'm pitching this is when you sign up for PatriotSwitch.com, uh, and sign up under me, Debbie G, I get a small payment from Patriot Switch for all the orders you make. So everybody, you get high quality products made in America, clean, uh, you know, not, not you're not supporting CCP anymore. 
and I get something which is to, really it's money to help run this show because uh, this show is actually I've never been paid a penny to do this show I've been doing it almost nine years and um, I do it because I love America and, and I want to help save America but this is a small amount of income to me if you go to Patriot Switch so please check it out Okay, so that's not one way I do July 4th. I'm going to be hitting lots of July 4th stuff. It's one of my favorite holidays. I love July 4th. Anyway, I'm going to try to hit two last things today in the remaining time. One thing, I call this next thing loneliness police and Senator BS's newest free lunch scheme. And um, do you get that? Yeah, thank you. The loneliness police. I'm going to just tell you why, what I mean by that. So if you remember, only like, I don't know, two weeks ago or something, I was telling you that the Surgeon General in America, uh, whose name is Vivek Murthy, M-U-R-T-H-Y, Vivek Murthy, put out a, an advisory, you know, so he's, you know, you could put out an advisory if you're a Surgeon General, like they used to be actually relevant, like, you know, hey, smoking isn't very good for you, you know, things like that were obvious, you know, and, and try to awaken people and understand that some things aren't good for you. So this guy, Vivek Murthy, put out an advisory claiming that there is a loneliness epidemic in America, a loneliness epidemic. And it wasn't just saying, hey, so let's all be friendly and inclusive and let's be nice to people. It had a, I believe it was five or seven pillars, pillars of government action he would suggest to help this. So of course, he's got a whole list of things that the federal government should start doing to take charge of this loneliness epidemic. This is to regulate, and I am not engaging in hyperbole, this is to regulate pretty much everything in your life, everything in local community life, your churches, your parks, your libraries, your clubs, your, your social life, social media, everything. They're trying, they use a happy talk language like the left always does, when what they're really saying is, and by the way, you know, we're going to be right in the middle of your life. We're going to find out whether or not you are inclusive. We're going to find out whether your circle of friends is adequately diverse in order to satisfy our standards. I mean, if they could, they would be worse than anything you can imagine. From Remember George Orwell's book, 1984? I mean, this, this puts George Orwell to shame because this is so much worse. What This is what Vivek Murthy put out in his Surgeon General thing. And I had a few listeners say, oh, so what? He's just put that out. Uh, no. As you can imagine, as the left, because they cannot resist seeking more control over your life, you already have a U.S. Senator, Chris Murphy, Chris Murphy, already drafting legislation, I'm not kidding you, to end loneliness. Yeah, like they're going to make it a law. You can't be lonely, and you can't let other people be lonely, and you can't. So to stop you from being lonely and prevent you from causing others to feel lonely, they're going to just take charge. And so here's, in fact, here's his own tweet about it. Senator Chris Murphy, um, you know, he's a Democrat from the state of Connecticut, I believe loneliness is one of America's greatest, great modern social and political problems. So I'm drafting legislation right now to establish a national strategy to combat isolation and promote connectedness. Stay tuned for more details. You know, what could go wrong? The federal government is sticking its nose into personal life, personal communication, technology, online media, everything you do. The government wants to be part of that because, you know, they're, they're going to help right here. They're, they're going to help. 
because they're going to you know, make rules about who you have to hang around with and who you can't hang around with and who you must include. And you know, I know it may sound a little bit far-fetched right now, but I'm telling you the way these people think, they've been focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And there have been a lot of stories recently about transgender people, like a guy who's pretending he's a girl, wants to be a girl, and so he dresses like a girl, and you know, then come, like you, the whole big you know, kerfuffle or major hassle that Budweiser had uh, because they had Bud Light used a uh, Dylan Mulvaney, a guy dressing like a girl, and people want to boycott that product. They want to boycott because they don't like it. And people want to boycott Target because Target's selling girls' bathing suits with room enough for male anatomy. And so people have natural human reactions. They want to say, no, I don't want to do that. Well, it's one thing right now you can do that. You can say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to shop at Target and I'm not going to buy Bud Light. But, you know, what about Mr. The Loneliness Law? You know, the uh, loneliness police coming along and saying, well, you're really being, you're excluding people just because you don't agree with them. You're not allowed to do that anymore. And I mean, I'm telling you, there, I, I've seen articles that talk about how boys who are pretending to be girls and that's all that they're doing they're pretending they can never make themselves into a girl no matter what surgery no matter what drugs no matter what hormones whatever they take they're a guy and they always will be but they want to be a girl and so they've had articles i've been reading where they're trying to sell the argument that america needs to drop its discriminatory attitude toward dating like a guy dressing up as a girl and was interviewed complaining about the idea that he's pretending to be a girl and but guys won't ask him out like you can't understand why guys won't ask him out just because he's obviously a guy but he's in a dress and so he's saying well now that I, I said I'm a girl why don't they just ask me out and you know and you can imagine the average healthy male does not want to ask out a guy who's dressed as a girl this is not their thing but the idea that this is an attempt to normalize everything bizarre and off track about transgenderism, and then you have the government swooping in to say, you know, we're going to handle all this loneliness crisis. Don't worry. We're going to fix everything. You know, we're going to make sure there's no more loneliness. I'm telling you, people. And the other thing, so it's bad enough. The nosiness factor is bad enough all by itself. But the other factor is this. You can't mandate people to be nice. You can't mandate people to tell them how they have to feel, how they have to think. People actually, it's part of the, the right of the individual and the right of the individual, to, individual in America to live in liberty, to arrive at your own conclusions about things and to have your own views and opinions. You're actually, it's part of liberty to not have the government tell you, and you can't really be thinking that because we've decided you should be thinking this, but not that. There, there just has to be a national response to say no. I'll tell you the other deeper thing about this, and it ties to the other half of this story. I, I call this actually loneliness police. What I, what I yeah, yeah, loneliness police and Senator BS. I, I always love that Bernie Sanders' initials are BS. It just seemed like, I don't know, <laughs> like symbolic. But Senator BS's newest free lunch scheme. Back to this loneliness police thing. Part of what society has embraced over millennia, people of faith have embraced, is that the place to find inclusion, to, the place to find your own sense of place, identity, purpose, meaning in life, valuing life, valuing who you are, is through your faith. It's through attendance, 
or study of religious documents, it's attendance at church, attendance at synagogue. It's being part of a church community where you build, you build community based on things that you chose to do. You join this church because you're comfortable there. You join some other church. But church and religious faith more broadly give people a sense of identity and purpose and inclusion and welcoming, welcoming and then feeling welcomed. And this, the government saying, no, no, you don't have, don't, you don't need those churches to do that. Don't listen to them. You know, we're just, we're just going to set up all the social structure needed. We're going to define social structure. We're going to tell you who you have to hang out with. These, these people, they love nothing more than these leftists would like nothing more than orchestrate everything about your life. And it's also just a message. And don't be bothering thinking that church can really is, is really relevant to anything or religious faith. It's another just snuffing out of the role of the church. Kind of related to that. And I want to just mention this. I'm going to go into more detail in this story sometime soon. But there is a, a bill being proposed um, in Congress. Senator uh, Bernie Sanders, I, as I say, I love his initials are BS. It's so symbolic. He's just, he's full of it. Anyway, Senator BS... Uh, has a new bill, and the House sponsor is Ilhan Omar. And actually, the AOC was also listed as an early, an early House sponsor. I don't know if she's dropped out or not. But the gist of it is, this bill is to say that there should be, in America, um, there should be the, the schools, all the public schools, provide free breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and a snack for every kid in America. It's not means-tested. It's not just for the poor. It's not just for people who qualify for a certain poverty program. Everybody, just school is a place you go, and your kid gets breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and a snack. And so they sell it, of course, by saying, well, look how great it worked. In fact, it's one of the idiotic talking points Ilhan Omar put out. We tried this during COVID. You know, in COVID, we, I mean, it was just so great. We learned how great it works. See, see? And, you know... I want to say a couple, I think we'll do more on this story, but a couple of points about it today. One is that when she says, and others say, well, it works, you know, the schools, they already got the kids there, why not feed them? Well, of course you can force it to work. You can tax people more and more money. I mean, you know, the famous line from, I think it was the 60s, they started to say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Everything government provides somebody paid for. Somebody worked and earned income and paid taxes to the government because the government has no money. The government doesn't ever give anything out for free. The government simply redistributes wealth by taxing one group of people, hardworking people, individuals, and businesses, and then gives it to somebody else in the form of a benefit. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Well, this is, they're, they're kind of gleefully trying to sell this as, this is free, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. And then it worked great. Look how great it was. And I wanted to hit on some skimming points, but I'm going to come back to one other one later. To start with, from the time when communism first came along and the thinking of mankind, a concept of communism, that we're going to get rid of the family, usurp the role of the family, that government's going to take care of everybody and everything. And so this was sold by Lenin. Lenin actually talked about, just give me the kids. Give me the kids in the education system. The first, whatever he said, you know, 10 years. I have them for life. Every single budding socialist, Marxist, communist recognizes the sooner you can implant in society, in children's minds, that government is there to take care of you, to provide for you, the more you have them buying into 
so society where government has massive spending programs because this is what kids think from birth. It's what they think when they start. Oh, that's where food comes. comes from. It comes from a school. Uh, it comes from the school and therefore the government. Second is when you have programs that take away the parental responsibility of every parent, single parent or married parents, whoever is the parent in the home, you take away their job to feed their children, which is a primary responsibility of parents in every society in the world. You're replacing the family with the government and you're teaching the family that they're that they're entitled you're teaching the parents they're entitled to think that what their kids need should be provided by everybody else should be provided by society should be provided by school should be provided by somebody because they parents may say well i don't i can't afford to feed my kid right now or i can't afford to feed him well and hey the schools and give him free lunch why not so the parents are cultivating irresponsibility this policy that standard BS and uh, Ilhan Omar want cultivates irresponsibility among parents. It teaches parents it's really not their job to have, you know, to take responsibility for their children, to feed their children. And then, of course, the program only grows when they have free lunch, you know, during the school year. It grows into, I, I recall these many, many years, people saying, well, what's going to happen this summer? These kids are starving. They're used to eating at school. They used to at least get breakfast and lunch at school. Now school's out for the summer. So we have to have a new social program to make sure they have food in the summertime, breakfast and lunch. And people, I understand. I understand how harsh I, what I'm saying can sound because the way an AOC put out a statement about, look, look, you know, everybody knows you can't learn when you're hungry. You can't, you're distracted if you're hungry, you can't learn. No one's arguing that. Of course, if you're hungry, you can't focus as well in school as if you are well fed. But the, that begs the question or ignores the question, whose job is it to make sure kids have food? It's not the government's. And the government, through this kind of policy, and you know, this is a Bernie Sanders utopian dream type policy, because again, he's putting the government as God up there in Washington. We feed, we house, we clothe, we medicate, we do everything for everybody. That's what, that's what communism is. Government takes care of everything and everybody. This is Bernie Sanders under the guise of selling a, wouldn't it be nice if we had free lunch for these poor kids, you know, and that and free breakfast and dinner and a snack while we're at it. He sells it to people as an idea. We're just trying to help, but he's perfectly aware, as is Ilhan Omar, they're slowly crushing the idea of individual liberty, slowly crushing personal responsibility, slowly crushing the family unit by creating a program like this. We'll talk more because I've heard people talk about, well, we didn't spend so much money on the military. Uh, we'd have more money for things like this. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I can't get into it today, but I will be talking soon uh, to, uh, because I'll tell you, women fall for these kind of arguments, these let's give them all a free lunch kind of arguments, because they don't really realize how much we already spend helping the poor in this country, and they, and they don't think of the arguments long term, what will happen. We'll still be talking more about that, but I want to just introduce the idea. Okay, one last quick thing. This is just a really great thing that happened. So, um, the uh, Oklahoma uh, Sooners softball team, girls, Oklahoma Sooners softball team, uh, became national champions. And they had an interview. Uh, they were being asked, you know, basically, you know, because everyone likes the athletic stars, they're being asked essentially, tell us about, you know, how you think about things. So I just want to go ahead and play, if you could, Mr. Emilio. It was a really heartwarming response several of them gave. 
Well, the only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes. Um, I think Coach has said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, um, uh, just in a good mindset, uh, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we've had a lot of success this year, but if it was the other way around, uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So uh, I would, that's really the only the only answer to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you that um, because of how much failure comes in it and just how much of a roller coaster the game can be. One thousand percent agree with Grace Lyons. Um, I went through that my freshman year. I. I was so happy to win the call. I've talked about this before, but I was just so happy that we won the College World Series, but I didn't feel joy. I didn't have, I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do for that following week. I didn't feel filled and I had to find Christ in that. And I think that is what makes our team so strong is that we're not afraid to lose because if it's not the end of the world, if we do lose, yes, obviously we've worked our butts off to be here and we want to win, but it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ and that's all that matters. Okay, is that not a heart melting? Those girls, I mean, the whole press conference was like that. I, I just, it was so refreshing as young ladies recognizing, you know, you can have happiness because you win a tournament or a game or a season or a championship, but joy comes from the Lord. There's nothing to replace that. God bless those women. It's just wonderful. Okay, I do at the close of the show, I tell you why I think, the, I summarize what we talked about. I call it why it matters to you. But before I do that, I want to mention tomorrow on this show, Dr. Pete Chambers is joining me in the studio. Cannot wait. You'll have a great experience of that. And then Thursday this week, Texas Lieutenant, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is joining me in the studio. So it's a great Thursday show with Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Tomorrow, Dr. Pete Chambers. Just a really rich couple of shows coming up. So I hope you can tune in today and tomorrow. But to close up for today, I tell you at the close of every show why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today talking about the FBI protects Biden and dangers America. Senator Charles Grassley took to the floor of the U.S. Senate yesterday, announced that the FBI's, this is the form FD-1023, that describes bribery allegations involving Biden, also includes recitation of facts regarding the existence of 17 audio recordings involving Joe and Hunter Biden and the Ukrainians. Here's the key fact Americans must understand about Grassley's revelation. The FBI redacted information about these tapes from the U.S. Congress. The FBI was willfully hiding evidence of Biden's criminal behavior from the U.S. Congress. There was no possibility of preserving and, <clears throat> excuse me, preserving a functioning republic with an FBI that lies and conceals criminal presidential behavior from elected representatives of the people. Ray, Christopher Ray should be impeached and removed from office. The FBI should be figuratively raised to the ground. America must start over with federal law enforcement. And we talk about impeachment versus treason. The standard for impeachment defined in the Constitution is high crimes and misdemeanors. Treason is the highest of high crimes for a president to commit. Biden's family receipt of bribes in the Ukraine becoming irrefutable. Hunter Biden laptop signals financial payoffs from CCP-linked enterprises and initiatives. If the U.S. commander-in-chief acts because of personal financial interests, 
to favor enemies of the USA, is this aiding and abetting an enemy of America in clear violation of the oath of office? Biden family corruption is the most serious and compromising in U.S. history. All Americans are put in danger by this brazenly corrupt behavior. Impeachment and removal ought to be bipartisan and prompt. On July 4th and you, every American patriot struggles with the question, what can I do to save this country? There are abundant lanes for everyone to engage their talents for saving America. A simple and straightforward lane accessible to all Americans by American-made goods and services. One good way to buy American and support this show, America Can We Talk, start buying from your household products from Patriot Switch. Shop at PatriotSwitch.com. When you go, you got to go to PatriotSwitch.com slash Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. I hope you will do this. Okay, and last, loneliness police and Senator B.S.'s newest free lunch scheme. Senator Chris Murphy has taken up the Surgeon General's advisory raid loneliness, actually promising to introduce legislation to address loneliness. Senator B.S. joining with AOC and Ilhan Omar to introduce legislation for three meals a day plus a snack for every kid from public schools. Murphy and BS are highlighting the stark difference between America versus socialism. No one likes loneliness or hungry children, but fighting loneliness and providing meals as part of public education are not government's business under the American Constitution. Families centered around faith, self-reliance, and self-government under God are America's foundation for addressing individual and collective problems. Big government, as God, never works. Instead, it makes everything worse. Americans should reject Murphy, BS, AOC, and Ilhan Murphy's proposal as BS. And that, oh, we have one more. So sorry, so yeah, one more. And we have uh, best home run ever girls softball team. University of Oklahoma's women's softball team won their third straight national title. 53 straight wins, 29 shutouts. Post-national championship press conference, three diverse Oklahoma stars individually but unanimously highlight love of Christ as their preeminent guide and motivation. Video clip of this conference has gone viral. Congrats and thanks to Oklahoma's women's team for contributing to America's reawakening. A perfect illustration of true American diversity and true unity. That, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can We Talk? Truth about America. Can